Welcome to the Lanier Hills Church Sermon Podcast, where faith meets life. I'm Pastor Randall Popham, inviting you to explore wisdom from the Word with us. For more information, visit us online at lanierhills.com. All right. Good morning. How are you today, church? Man, it's good to see you. I'm so glad that you're here. I want to welcome you guys that are uh, worshiping with us online too today. Thank you for tuning in, and maybe you tuned in later in the week this week, and I want to welcome you. We'd love to see you come and check us out and get to worship in person with us. And if, for you that are new today, I want to welcome you. Thank you for being here at Lanier Hills Church, the perfect church for people who aren't. That's who we are, a lot of imperfect people, and uh, so imperfect, that's where we are. So if you have a Bible with you, get, go ahead and get it out with me. We're going to be in the book of John, chapter 8, again today. We are going through the book of John. We're taking our time, just kind of going through it, to, and the, taking this idea of just coming and seeing who Jesus is and exploring in the Scriptures what does it reveal about who Jesus is, and what did He say about Himself, and, and how do we follow Him and experience Him? So that's what we are, are doing, and we're going to do that in a minute. Now, if you don't have a Bible, that's okay. You can um, scan the little QR code on the seats in front of you. You can take that, and it'll take you to the sermon notes and outlines and uh, links to all the things you may need today in the service. So take a moment and do that as well. So um, i got a question for you. How many times are... Um, how many of you guys remember being afraid of the dark as a child? Anybody? Yep. Yeah, and all you others, you're like, you're just super brave when you were a kid. I was afraid of the dark. I had, I had my, in my bedroom over, I remember growing up, I had to be able to see the bathroom door, like in the hallway, and with the light underneath it, so I could see if any feet stepped by that thing. You know, like in the middle of the night. I don't know what I would do. I was a kid. Maybe just get more scared. You know, but I remember being that and having that. Now, as I've gotten to be an adult, I would love to tell you I'm not afraid of the dark, but I'm still afraid of the dark. Anybody else? Like, yeah, I enjoy hunting, and, you know, I'll be out in the woods hunt, and I'll come out. You know, I'm all brave with my gun and my crossbow or, you know, my bow. And then I come walking out in the dark. I am looking around. <laughs> I, a little bit, you know, I hear a little, little something shuffle in the woods. I'm, I'm freaking out, jumping around, and I can be, you know, pretty scared. See, here's what the darkness does. Dark, the darkness covers things, right? It obscures. It obscures. It hides potential dangers, dangers and uncertainties. When I was dating Dana one time back when I, years ago, and I remember going out one night. I was at her parents' house, and I remember going out of the house and come down their stairs into their dark little cul-de-sac, and, um, and I'm going out to my car to get something, and something shuffled by me scared me to death. I, I literally whoa, jumped back and I landed on their picnic table and busted it into a thousand pieces. So I did the thing just went flying back. And, and, and then I look over and I finally got a glimpse of it. And there's a little raccoon over there going, you know, just doing his thing. But it, the darkness obscures. But, so the darkness can be scary. But I tell you what, what also can be scary is the light. Because the light is like, listen, the light exposes things, right? And a lot of us are afraid to come into the light because it may expose hidden things about us. We don't like to, sometimes to come into the light. Some of us are more afraid of the light than the darkness because the light exposes what the darkness hides. It's kind of like you've been going all weekend, you've been spending a bunch of money, and you're afraid to go expose some light on your checking account on Monday, 
because you don't want to see what it has to say, or maybe you don't want to go see the doctor because you're afraid the doctor will expose light on something that's going on in your health, and you're like, oh, I'll just live this way. I'll stay in darkness. Or you're a young person, you're sneaking in late at night, you should have been home early, you're sneaking through the house, the light comes on, what are you doing here, you know? Or maybe it's when the boss comes in or the spouse says, hey, well, let's sit down, we need to have a a (laughs) heart-to-heart. You know, that heaviness of that, what the light may expose in that. So we can be afraid of the dark and afraid of the light because of what it can expose, But, um, but we fear the light because it reveals who we truly are. Stripped of all of our disguise and pretenses and all of those things. Well, today, here's what we're going to see, is that um, how to find and embrace the transformative light that Jesus offers. Because we can stay in the dark and not allow the light in or just stay in the dark, and we live with the consequences of the darkness. And I'm going to explain in just a minute what that feels like and what it means to be in darkness and compare it to light and what light feels like. And, and we're going to see that the light, man, is such a better place to live and to experience if we will truly grasp it and walk in that. And so that's my prayer today, that we'll walk in that transformative light. So let's pray and ask God to do that and just help us to walk there. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for the opportunity to open your word this morning, to have the light um, of life. We thank you for your word and how it exposes things. And your scripture tells us that it is a light and a lamp unto our feet. So, Lord, would you guide our feet, our heart, our lives this morning? Help us to see which the paths we need to go and see things about us that we are even afraid to let the light into in our lives. Would you help us to hear your voice and allow you to speak into dark places of our own hearts and minds? Would you open our, our ears to see or to hear and our eyes to see and our minds to understand? And Lord, would you give us a heart that can be transformed this morning? We want to fully understand and embrace what it means when, we, when you tell us, as we'll see this morning, that you're the light of the world. So open us up. We make ourselves vulnerable and open. Lord, it's scary to say, come shine your light in us because, Lord, it it can be a scary thing. But there's hope and peace in the light. So show us that this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so John 8 is where we're going to be in just a minute. Let me get you set up to where we are in the context. So we've seen over the last few weeks that Jesus... It's getting really popular, and he's got a big following. He's healing people, and people are following him all around. The Pharisees don't like him very much. They want him dead. They want him, you know, out of there. And Jesus decides to go to the Feast of the Tabernacles, which is a big, big holiday in, in Jewish, Jewish custom. So let me explain it to you a little bit. So any, did any of y'all grow up going to camp meeting? Anybody in here? A few of you did. And some of y'all have seen like over in Dawson Village are these old cabins where people go and they say, we're going to camp meeting, you know, and they'd go and, and they stay for a week during the summer and have revival. So that's kind of like what the Feast of the Tabernacles was. They would leave their homes and go to, to the tabernacle and they would go there and they would um, build little huts like out of... Uh, like palm branches and just whatever they can find, temporary huts that they build when they got there. And your family would stay in these little huts for the week. Doesn't sound like a great vacation, does it? But you go and you stay in these little huts. And, and they did it because it was a yearly reminder for a week of how God provided for them and led them out of Egypt for the 40 years. 
And so as they are temporarily there, they're in these temporary homes as a reminder. So the whole family would go. And, they, and this is where Jesus is teaching. So he ends up in the temple, and they go to have teaching every day. And so Jesus shows up and teaches. And last week we saw where they try to confront Jesus and try to trick him by bringing in a woman that was needed up that was caught in adultery, and they were going to stone her to death. And Jesus says, listen, guys, you need to throw down your stones and lend a hand. That's what it means to literally love people. And if you're caught in some kind of sin, that you need to not, you know, you need to embrace grace and then change your pace. We saw that last week. Now, right after that, it says this is the, where this story picks up. And I'm not going to read all 20 verses. We're actually just going to read the first one, verse 12, and we're going to take a second there, and I'm going to talk about it and see how it applies to your life today. So here's what happens. In John, verse 8, in verse 12, it says, when Jesus spoke again to the people, so this is right after the situation with the woman, he said, I am the light of the world, and whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now, I'm just going to I had planned to teach the rest of this, but there's so much in this. I'm just going to focus on this right now. He says, I'm the light of life. Now, for us, we've probably heard that story. Who's heard that? You know, you've heard Jesus is the light of the world. You've heard that. Now, but do we understand it the way the people there would have understood it? See, as they heard that, they are remembering something and literally seeing something. So in the tabernacle, during the Feast of the Tabernacles, there was a moment where they would have something called, it's the, the illumination of the temple, where the priest would, high, would uh, light these massive candles and uh, just like light up the room. They were huge, and they would light it up in the temple. And the reason they would do that, just as they would build the temples or build the huts to remind them how Jesus provided, they would light these candles, and it would light up the whole place to remind them how when they came out of Egypt— and Pharaoh was chasing them, that Jesus, or that the Father, God, led them with a pillar of fire. And if you remember the story, there's the pillar of fire. So they, they literally followed during the night this pillar of fire. Now, I can't imagine what it looks like, right? You can't even, I can't imagine. There's just, just a big thing of fire leading us, right? And during the day, it was a cloud that gave them shadow, gave them shade. And, and so it was all through this time. So the being led out by this pillar of fire. They're scared. They don't know where they're going. They've left all their home for the last 400 years, brought just what they could get on their backs, and they leave, right? And there's this pillar of fire now leading them. And we, and we see how God provided for them and it protected them. So now imagine you're sitting in the, ta- the temple there, and Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not live in darkness. And they're seeing these candles. And now piece it together. What is Jesus saying? He's not just saying, I'm the light of the world. I'm like, he's like, I am like that pillar of fire that led our forefathers out of captivity and slavery. I am the fire that provided for them and protected them, that shadowed them, that gave them warmth in the night. I am like that fire. And they're probably thinking, what? How are you like that fire? But he's making this comparison. He goes on in the rest of the story there to, to show to, they think he's crazy. He says, I am, I've got a good witness. My father is the witness. And then he talks about how one day he's going to be risen up and they'll know who he really is. But I want to focus on this idea of him being the light and you coming and seeing what it means for him to be the light. And what's really cool is this, is that as we look at it, we understand Jesus came to be 
the spiritual light. And everybody here, everybody on the planet is looking for some kind of light, something to direct them. There's some kind of emptiness in our heart and our spirit that only can be, can be filled by the void of the light that we all need in our life. And here's the neat thing Jesus says. He says, I'm that, like that, I'm that pillar, I'm, I'm the darkness. But here's where it gets personal. Jesus said this, I am, you know, I am the light of the world, but he says, and whoever follows me, whoever, you know, that's an invitation to every person individually, not just as a nation. He's making it very personal. He's saying, listen, I didn't just come to be a light. I came to be your light, your light, your personal light. I am the light, but I came to lead you in your darkness. So I want you just to imagine that right now, that Jesus is saying this to you. I want to be your light, personal to you. Now, what does that mean for Jesus to be light and comparing himself, you know, to the darkness? What does that mean? I think it helps for us to understand and, and get some definitions of dark and light darkness and light. So I want to take a moment and do this. So let me explain to you. First of all, what's darkness? We get the visual thing of darkness, but what is spiritual darkness like? Darkness is this. It's not knowing the truth, not knowing truth or not having clarity about God's ways. You're just kind of going through life. You have no idea really what God's truth is or what the truth is, and, and you're just kind of trying to muddle your way through life. It's like the Israelites, when they came out of Egypt, and they're like, we have no idea where we're going. We don't know where God wants us to be. And you're just kind of, imagine them without that. They're just kind of going through the motions. And maybe that's you today. You don't know what God's purpose and plan is for your life. You don't know him. And, and you don't know how to experience that or what to call that. But the scripture calls that darkness. To not have him leading your life. Darkness is living in a manner that is contrary to God's will. And his commandments. So darkness is saying, you know, I'm just going to do my own thing with my own life and, and, and just I know better and, than anybody else. And you're just going through it. And you keep wondering why you keep feeling dark. Why do you keep ending up in dark places? Why does your thoughts keep end up in darkness? Why are you ending up in some depression? Why are you ending up in, in desperation? Why are you ending up in those places? That's darkness when you do your own thing. Darkness is being distant or separated from God due to um, unbelief or rebellion. It's when you're just, maybe you know what God's plan is and His will is and know the light, there is light, but you decide to do your own thing and you just start to feel some ick and some darkness and some loneliness by yourself and like it's just being separated and distant. You don't know how to label it. The Bible calls it Darkness. Just outside of the light, it's dark. And darkness is being unable to recognize or understand biblical or spiritual truths. You can't, you just don't understand. You hear people reading their Bible. You see people, you come into a church service or you watch online. You see people, oh, wow, look how God spoke to me. And you're just over there like, I don't get it. I don't understand it. That's, that's darkness. There's no light bulbs coming on in your life. And that's darkness. But I think it helps us to understand darkness when we not when we just talk about what it is, but how it feels. And I bet everybody here can say, yep, that's darkness. Darkness feels like confusion. 
You're just confused. You don't know what's right, what's wrong, what's left, right, which way to go, what to do in your life. You're confused about relationships, your purpose. Darkness is just confusion. And I bet some of you can label yourself right now, you're in a state of confusion. Just about all kinds of things. Instead of having clarity, you have confusion. That's darkness. Darkness feels like guilt and shame. Everybody here knows this one. It's guilt and shame. It's when you know you've done something wrong and, and you just feel feel dark and shame, conviction, and maybe it was just saying something the wrong way to somebody, losing your cool with your kids, gossiping when you know you shouldn't have, you know, or taking something, looking at something too long. You just feel this ugh, darkness. That's darkness. Darkness feels like despair without hope. You just don't have any hope. You're just kind of going through life. You're like, oh, woe is me. Life's so dark, I don't have any hope about anything. We're all going to die. And just, you're just, yeah, you're Eeyore. <laughs> that's, uh, that's darkness. Darkness feels like fear. You're afraid of the future. You have no confidence that all things are going to work for good. You're afraid of tomorrow, decisions that may come to impact you, and you just don't have a lot of confidence about the future. That is darkness. That's what the Israelites were experiencing until the light showed up. They didn't have any clarity. They didn't have any, any um, they were confused, right? They even felt some guilt and shame because of things they were doing in their life. There was just darkness. But if we went back to the very beginning of the Bible, we would see this, that Adam and Eve, they were in the light. I mean, literally, Jesus was the light, and the Father was the light in the garden. Until they stepped out of that light, and what happened? They felt confusion. They said they didn't feel right. They left the, the light. They felt shame and guilt, and they went and hid themselves. And Jesus, or the Father, comes and says to them, why are you hiding? And he says, oh, we were afraid. Why? Because of the light, what might expose in them. And so they had fear, confusion, shame, and guilt. That's darkness. That's where some of you are today. And that's not the way God intends us to live. So he wants us to know him as the light. So what is light? We've seen what dark, darkness is. What's light? Light is this. Light is understanding God's ways and his purpose. It's saying, this is how God wants me to live. This is who he is. This is my direction. This is what God has created for me. Light is understanding God's purpose. Light is living in a manner that is in alignment with God's will. It's saying, all right, God, here's where you're going. This is your direction. Um, I want to follow you and making sure that your life and your things are aligned with him. Light is also being in close communion and fellowship with God. It's just knowing and hearing his voice guiding you throughout the day just as that light did. It led them. That's being in close communion with God. Light is gaining insight and understanding about spiritual matters. You open the Bible and you just see, oh, God's speaking to you. You come to a church service and listen online to a sermon and you hear just like, oh, God's speaking. And you get insight. It's, it's amazing how every Sunday people come in and say after the service or they'll send a message or a text or they'll say, Randall, it was like you were just speaking directly to me. That's not me. You know what that is? That's the light speaking into you. Speaking into your life, showing you things, revealing things. And, and you may get something revealed that I wasn't even talking about. And I have had people come up and say, you know, when you were saying, I'm like, I never said that. That was the Spirit of God speaking to you about that thing. That's the light. 
Light is gaining insight. But what does light feel like? Light feels like peace. It's peace. Just, you can't explain it. There's just peace. When all the world seems dark and everything's, you know, going crazy, light feels peace. It's, it's, when you're, it's like you're in the room, right, and you're a little kid and you get scared and you turn on the light and all of a sudden, oh, there's not any boogeyman. Everything's going to be okay. It's peace. That's, that's what light is. Light feels like peace. Light feels like joy. Right? Anybody agree with that? It's just joy. You, you just you can't explain it. There's just joy. My second job, I was 16 years old. I worked at a McDonald's. And, uh, and that's before they were paying you $25 to work at a McDonald's. <laughs> an hour. You know, it was like $4 an hour, $3.75, something like that. And I worked at that McDonald's. I remember I worked at McDonald's two days. That's all I could handle. But on that one day, that first day, I remember being in there. They trained me how to flip burgers, and, you know, I was on that thing. All right, yeah, I can do this. And I just had this overwhelming sense of joy, flipping burgers. And I just started crying, and it wasn't the onions. It was, it was Holy Spirit moving in my life, and I just felt, and I will never forget it. And I'm just sitting like, oh, wow, this... God, this is what it was like. Now, I did quit the next day, but I still felt <laughs> the joy of the Lord because he made me, you know, it wasn't my circumstances, it was him. I just knew it. Who's experienced that kind of joy before? It's, it's light, isn't it? You just, oh, you can't explain it. That's light. Light feels like clarity. Rather than confusion, light is clarity. It's like, this is the way I should go. This is what I should do. God is leading me in this direction. This is what I need to do. And light feels like confidence. When, when you're in the dark, you don't have any confidence. You don't have any like, courage and confidence to say things, do things, to trust God. But when you're in the light, you have confidence. Listen, the enemy may form and all his plans up against me, right? But I know if I'm following the Lord, his plans will not prevail against me. That's confidence. It comes from being and walking in the light. This past week in the small group that I was in, we talked about a, a woman from the Scriptures, from Luke. <laughs> That's a beautiful picture of light and darkness. She was in darkness forever. She was a prostitute, and, and she, Jesus changed her life. And she, Jesus is at a Pharisee's house and having dinner, and and he's reclining at the table, and this woman comes walking in, and they're all thinking, if Jesus really knew what kind of woman she is, he would not allow her to be here. And she comes in, just tears, and gets down on her knees, takes a bottle of expensive perfume, and starts to pour it on his feet. And as she's just pouring it on his feet, she starts taking her hair and starts rubbing the dirt off his feet with her hair. And then she kisses his feet. Probably one of the grossest stories in the Bible, right? <laughs> but the beauty of it, she didn't care. Man, she had confidence. She could come before the Lord and worship Him, right? She, she didn't care. She had clarity. This is what, I don't care who is around and watching. This, I've got clarity. This is how I'm going to worship the Lord. She had so much joy. It was bubbling over and tears in her face as she wiped her fe his feet and washed them with her tears in his hair. 
her hair. She had peace. For the first time in her life, she had peace. And no one was going to keep her from Jesus. She went from darkness to light. Listen, that's why Jesus wants each of us to experience him. He wants you to be that. So he offers to you purpose. He offers to you clarity. He offers to you peace. He offers to you this deep relationship with God. But here's what we need to understand. You can't experience the benefit of the light unless you're in the light. Here's what I mean. For example, we're going to bring down the lights here. So we can bring down those lights. So Who's grateful for the lights on their phones? How did we ever live without them? I mean, they just get us everywhere. But we have these lights on our phones, and we can just be in the darkness, kind of going through light, you know, and say, oh, there's the light. But it's until you're in the light that you experience the light and the peace of the light and the courage and all that comes with the light, you know, and it goes with you. And I was talking with somebody after the first service, and they said that was just like a revelation to me. Like when I first became a believer, there was this light, and I didn't even understand how much it was, but it was all of a sudden this came on. And she said, but now, you know, that little flashlight you had of yours is like what I first experienced, and it was all I knew. But now it's like, and she were out in the lobby, and she said, now it's like I have the whole sun brightening my day. can't experience this until you're in it. And here's what some of us think, like, oh, Jesus is the light, and I'm, I'm gonna, you know, I want to experience the light. And you're over here living in darkness because you have not stepped into the light. See, Jesus said this. He said, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me, whoever follows me, whoever walks and aligns their self with me, they have the light and will not live in darkness. It's aligning yourself with him that we experience that. We can turn the lights back on. But so we have to align ourselves with him. See, Jesus becomes your light. You get in the light when you align these three things, your priorities, your affections, and your actions with him. Let's talk about that a minute. When you align your priorities, I want to encourage you. If you want to walk in the light, do this. Realign your priorities. Your priorities reflect what we value most in life. And now you may say, you know what, I, I, I love Jesus and I want to follow him. And, and you're thinking, you know what, I, I, Jesus is the first priority in my life. But I bet if we looked at a lot of our lives, we would see this, that there's a little, things that are on top, things that are above. Maybe family, maybe work, whatever. And listen, what we often do, we'll take something good and replace it with something better or replace it with something or put it in the place of something better. For example, some of us, and here in America, one thing we have done is we have made an idol out of family. You mean, what? What's wrong with family? Family's good. Yes, family is good. God loves the family, made the family, but you know what? There should not even, your family should not even come before your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. See, when he's first, here's what, you, here's what happens. When you put Jesus first and even in your own life and he, what he's calling you and your relationship with him, when you start to walk in that light, it's amazing how that light starts to shine into the rest of your family. But if you put your family on top and God down here somewhere else, you're just going to be walking in darkness in your family. You need that light in you and him shining down into your family. 
Work is good. The Bible tells us this. If you don't work, you've lost your faith. Actually, you're worse than somebody that's not a believer. Listen, if you're a young person, you think, oh, I shouldn't be working. Work's not good. Work's from the devil. No, God created work before the, before the fall. Work is good. But when you put work before God, get your priorities wrong. When you put school, when you put a relationship, when you put anything before God, it's, it's, you're not living in the light. So what we need to do is place God and his kingdom above everything else. And let that light shine into your work. Let that light shine into your family, into your hobbies. Realigning yourself with Him. Then we realign yourself with, realign your affections. So first it's your, your priorities, but then realign your affections. It's what you love. Your affections reflect what our heart desires and loves. And here's the thing. There's always something trying to get your affection. Always something trying to get your love. Always something impacting it. Now, I'll be the first to admit I love, I can be, I can binge a Netflix series like nobody else. Anybody else, you good at it? I'm actually really good at it. <laughs> I can, I sit with my finger on the 10-second fast-forward, and I will watch an eight-hour series in four hours. I really can. My wife doesn't know. She's like, how do you watch it? I'm like, I know what they're going to say here. I just fast-forward through all this stuff. Like, half the movies could be 10 minutes long because that's the story, you know. So I just got to like, go through them, and I watch. So I'll binge a whole thing, and, and here's what happens. After hours, even if, it's, even, if, even if I cut eight down to four, I never come away saying, I feel like I'm in the light. You ever felt that way watching Netflix? You know, watching a show. Oh, I just feel so much lighter. I oh, well, thank you, Siri. So, I, I I never come around come away saying I feel so much more joy, so much more peace. I just come away feeling ick a lot of times. So God's prompting on my heart. It's like, is, is that stealing your affection? Now, I'm not saying everybody needs to cancel Netflix. You know, I didn't have to say any of that. We just need to be careful what's getting our affection, what's robbing us from it. And we need to ask the question after, you know, when we're in the midst of it, is this giving me more affection towards the Lord or taking it away? Because when we're in the light, we experience more affection. The third thing. Realign your, prior, your, uh, your actions, your affections, your priorities, and then your actions. That's what you do. Listen, your actions prove what you believe. You can say you believe all these things, but your actions prove to us and to the Lord what you, what you, really, what you really believe. And it's when God says, go left, go right, do this, forgive that person. What you do with them when, when you're told to forgive, <laughs> that shows if you're walking in the light. God says, go do something, give this thing, write this, you know, whatever, you, you know, walk away from this situation, don't send the nasty text and you obey, right? That's when you're walking in the light. It's when you align your actions with the Holy Spirit told them. So imagine this, these people are following that pillar, and here's what would happen. When the pillar of fire stopped, they set up their camp there, and then when the pillar of fire moved, they followed it to the next place. 
That's what it means to walk in the light, to follow the light. They could have said, oh, there goes the pillar of fire, but we like this place. It's pretty comfortable. We follow and realign our actions with him. I shared with you all a few weeks ago that one of the things I've started doing a while back is I'll take, I have an alarm set on my phone and on my watch. And every day at 3 p.m., it comes on and it says, now align yourself with God. And so I, I pick 3 o'clock because by 3 is when enough junk of the day has come and you know, it's kind of on you. And so every day at 3 o'clock, no matter what I'm doing, I'm in a phone call conversation, I'm doing something at 3 o'clock, and I'll say, all right, Lord, and I'll, I'll start and look at my life. Right, whatever situation is, if in this conversation, in a situation, I'll say, would you align me with you right now for your kingdom? A few weeks ago, I was um, with Dana, and we were at the gas station, and, and I was pumping gas into the little red cans, and that never goes well, right? Anybody had a good experience with that ever? I mean, it rarely goes well. Papping, you know, pumping it in there, and, and gas is going, it's like getting all over me, Ugh, you know, just nasty, and then the alarm goes off, and I'm in the middle of it, I'm just like, I really, this is what I said, okay, Lord, I want to see how you align this with your will, <laughs> And I was just like, I was, I'm like, I want to see. This is going to be good to see. About, about 15 to 30 minutes later, I, I don't have time to go into the whole story. It, it was evident that God put us right where he wanted us for a, a, I could not have planned the situation any better. God had us right where he wanted us to meet some guys, to do something, and all of us, none of us had planned. We end up there doing this thing, and it wasn't even a spiritual thing. It was just a thing that we needed to do, but it was like God said, I'm going to get you all right where I want you because you're aligning your life with me. Thank you. Yeah, and Jerry was one of the ones that I met with that day. <laughs> but he aligned us right there, and so here's, here's, you know, I'm just like, I want to live in that way every day. When the pillar of fire moves, I want to move with him. Don't you want that? To know that you're confident that every day, whatever happens, you're aligned with Him. To have peace and joy in whatever situation happens, you, you, you know God's got it. You're following Him. Align your priorities. Align your affections. Align your actions with Him. That's what it means to follow Jesus and walk in the light. Now, everybody here, you have a choice today. Listen, this morning... Some of you hit the, the alarm five times. That's why you came to the 11 o'clock service instead of the 9.30 service. Some of you chose, you know, you got up, you had to pick what you're going to wear. You, told, you chose to come to church today. Every day, every moment, we have choices we can make. The most important choice anybody here can make, and maybe some of you have not made this choice, it's this. It's to align your life and follow Jesus to make that choice. And I I dare you, I just want to dare you. What if you actually began to align your life with the one who made you and formed you and you began to experience light in your life? What if you actually do that? I want to challenge you to do this, to align your life with the light. If you've never done it, choose to align your life with the light. And listen, so some of you though, you're Christians. Sure, you've got the light. You've got the light. But let me ask you, are you walking in the light? Do you, are you daily saying, Lord, I want you to guide me, lead me, 
I'm going to align my priorities and my actions and my affections with you. So maybe today is a checkup for you. It's like, oh, I need to get back in the light because you're, what you're experiencing is darkness. How do you know whether you're in the light or the dark? I just gave you the, what it feels like to be in the light and to be in the dark. You make the choice. Where are you at? Realign your life with Him. Would you pray with me? Lord, we come this morning thankful for Your Word that is a lamp unto our feet, and it has just come and exposed light and exposed things in us. And maybe for some of us it has just shown some uncomfortable things of how we are just doing life on our own. And thank you for that light because when we step into the light, we can have joy and peace. So this morning, there's many of us that have choices to make. Are we going to continue to just do our own thing or step into the light and follow you and align our life with you? This morning, if you, if you, if you know Jesus and you know he's the light of the world and you've decided to put your faith in him, the, the question is this morning then, are you aligning your life with him? You're walking in the light, following him. Maybe God wants to bring you out of some dark places in your life and into the light. Would you ask him right now? Say, Lord, where do I need to align my priorities, my affections, my actions with yours so I experience the light in my life? Now listen, it's not about perfection. It's day by day getting up saying, all right, Lord, I'm going to follow you. And his mercies are new every morning. Today is his brand new mercies starting fresh again today. But maybe today you've never put your faith. You've never put your hope in Jesus Christ. You've been doing your whole life in the dark. And today's the day you step into the light and saying, Jesus, I believe you're real. I believe you are the Son of God and you are the light of the world. I want to follow you.